Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to another Anthem podcast. We are so glad that you guys are taking the time to get updates of things that are going around at Anthem. Um, if you if you haven't been listening for very long, we, we try to use this feed uh, for equipping the, the body of Christ. So uh, sometimes that means training. Sometimes that means updates of things that are going on around Anthem. Um, sometimes it just means sharing stories. Um, and we hope that you've enjoyed it. Honestly, if you have an idea of something that you feel like we could do on here, uh, feel free to let me know. My email is ryan at anthemchurch.org. Uh, I'd love to hear it. We always enjoy good ideas. So um, like you guys have been hearing, we've been doing different updates of some of the the organizations that we've partnered with through Celebrate Generosity over the years. Uh, and right now I, I have an opportunity to talk to Nancy Harris, who is the executive director of Faith Foster Families Network, uh, which uh, we were saying just a minute ago is qu- quite the tongue twister. Uh, and so most people call it 3FN. So uh, so the executive director of 3FN, Nancy Harris, here with us. And Nancy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. And thanks for this opportunity. I, I love sharing um, partnership information and just news in general about uh, how God is blessing us and turning us into a blessing to others. So thank you. That's awesome. So uh, through Celebrate Generosity, we've been able to be connected with you guys for the last two years. Um, And my guess is that there's a fair amount of people who are a part of Anthem uh, who have either shown up in the last year or just weren't listening really well when we were sharing about uh, who 3FN is, who you are. So maybe could you kind of start from the beginning and share a little bit about maybe we'll call it the origin story of 3FN. That would be awesome. Okay. I would love to. So uh, where shall I, you know, I can talk about this all day long, Ryan. So <laughs> you're going to have to probably tailor my conversation here. So So on that note, we were created out of an emergency and an emergency that still exists to this day. But back in late 2016, 2017, in South Los Angeles, specifically service planning area six, spa six in LA County, there was an urgent need for foster families in that particular region, which is South LA, because there were way more children taken out of homes at that particular time than there were approved Department of Children and Family Services homes for them to be in. So I was tapped to coordinate an event. It was a one-day shop, uh, if you will, a one-day, I forget what you you call it, but just a a one-stop shop. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm choosing. It was a one-stop shop where um, we would take families through an orientation. They could get a live scan. They could get a health screening. They could do just about everything that was needed to expedite the process of them becoming foster parents. So long story short, it was a big, a big undertaking. And I was tapped because at that time I was the executive director of a um, faith-based nonprofit community development corporation out of Holman United Methodist Church, mm. which is my church. Okay. And so they tapped me because, you know, they thought I had some faith context, sure. which uh, I'm blessed. I did have <laughs> a few faith uh, contacts and we put together these um 
faith family outreach events. It was a lunch where we invited pastors from all different kinds of faiths and and people from directly in South L.A. to help us recruit for families for this event. So we outreached to the faith community. And what we found was nobody, even though we all know Jesus was a kid person, everybody was in shock because they couldn't believe all these this bad stuff was happening right in our backyards, yeah. meaning the number of kids taken from homes and the number of kids that didn't have loving homes to be. So we held this event. It was very successful. We, we got uh, approximately 60 families in the process. And so from that day, that day of the event, which was attended by probably close to 150 people, um, some colleagues actually of mine from different churches and faith-based organizations got together and said, this is embarrassing. This is a shame. Jesus is, I mean, this is what we're supposed to be doing. If we're not taking care of the orphans and vulnerable families and vulnerable children, what the heck are we doing? So we said, this cannot uh, stop. So we banded together. We were blessed again. uh, The county of Los Angeles had just started a new nonprofit called the uh, Center for Strategic Partnerships that helped us get this idea off the ground. So that took about probably about a year process of really putting together the concept and idea. And so as we sit now today, it is six faith-based organizations and churches and of different denominations. It's not a United Methodist thing. Sure. It's not a evangelical thing. It's not a Baptist thing. It is a um, all faiths, all denominations, I should say, okay. um, a network of churches and, and, and faith-based organizations in South L.A., whose primary focus, whose mission, I should say, is to, bro- to provide resources, well-being and safety to children and families impacted by the child welfare system. Yeah. So that's kind of how we got started. Um, we, we talk often, in fact, we just had a board meeting this past Friday, and we talk often about the miracle of the fact that we are even sitting together and planning and doing actual actual services that help foster youth and foster families. Yeah. I feel like the, so that's, that's kind of our origin story. That's awesome. I feel like, especially in a time where not only the world feels incredibly divisive, but even the church has felt incredibly divisive for this last year and a yes. half. What a cool yes. opportunity to see uh, churches come together that may run in different camps at different times to, to have a common mission of, of showing the love of Jesus to such an important community. So I think, um, you know, we, we at Anthem have talked a fair amount about the, the reality of the situation for foster care in Ventura County, which pales in comparison to that for LA County. So um, maybe could you just give me a little bit of like the top line numbers, uh, kind of give me, give me a picture of what the, the foster care system uh, looks like in LA County right now. I certainly will do that. I do want to say one thing, sure. uh, going back to your point about you know, the kind of the improbability that we all are together in this. So even more improbable is that I am sitting here with you today (laughs) to have this conversation. Who knew 
I certainly would not have guessed that one of our most beloved partners would be a church in Thousand Oaks. Right. But anyway, we'll, we'll put a pin on that and talk yep. about that more in a minute. Yep. Um, but so in Los Angeles County, there are over 35,000 children impacted by the child welfare system. Wow. 35,000. That's just in L.A. County. That is not the state. That is not, you know, the western half of the country. That is Los Angeles County. Mm. It's off. And um, we, uh, out of the 35,000 kids impacted by the child welfare system, uh, 80%, close to 80% are uh, children, black and brown children. Okay. So the foster care system in L.A. County is black and brown. And it's over 35,000 kids that are impacted by that system. Um, Another little statistic, not a little statistic, I should say, another statistic is that for African-Americans especially, uh, we represent 7% roughly of the population of L.A. County. However, we represent 25% of the foster care system. So there's a huge disproportionality sure. uh, issue. Um, Latin, the Latinx uh, community obviously has the most numbers. They're, you know, 48, roughly 48 or more percent okay. of um, close to 50 percent of the population of L.A. County and roughly just about that in the uh, foster care system yeah, in L.A. County. Proportionally represented. It sounds like, whereas the African-American community is disproportionately affected. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, taking the posture of a, of a learner here. So just wanted to see uh, language wise, you've been talking about the child welfare system. Um, yes. My familiar lingo is foster care. Could you maybe explain a little bit of the difference between those two things? Okay, so so we do use that interchangeably, okay. uh, but the foster care system does include foster care as well as um, adoption. Mm. It also can include families with children that have, hmm, for lack of a better description, a case with the Department of Children and Family Services, but not necessarily that the child has been removed from the home, but could potentially be removed from the home. So that description of child welfare is everybody from adoption to foster care to on the verge of something potentially not pleasant happening. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Um, So 35,000 kids in the LA County child welfare system. Um. Let's say, let's say a kid, uh, is in a situation where, where they need to be removed from their, their living situation. Um, is it, is there enough support around the, the welfare system that they have a place to go? Is it, uh, do they have to wait until someplace opens up? What does that look like? That is a great question. And that is a very complicated question. (laughs) So um, to answer your question, just literally to answer your question, are there enough supports? Um, I want to say yes, there could be and and no, there's not. 
Sure. Because it, the these situations are, are, are complicated. They're mm-hmm. not cookie cutter. So for as an example, the the we actually I'm glad you asked this question because one of the things that we're involved in right now is 3FN and our members of 3FN. We participate on a weekly call um, with the Hawthorne Department of Children and Family Services office where they discuss weekly cases where they are about to remove a child from the home. And so they engaged, they wanted to engage us and and whoever we could pull in from the community to really help them think of other things that we may possibly be able to do besides removing that child from the home. And so we are blessed to be there to, you know, offer ideas and things that they may not have thought about before they remove a child from the home. Um, But um, there we are constantly recruiting for foster families. Um, We are constantly assisting with the adoption uh, uh, process also too, uh, because the goal is to either return the child back to their family uh, and, and with all things being, you know, on the right road, or if that's not possible to find them loving homes elsewhere through adoption, foster care, whatever the case may be. Okay. So does the out that answer? No, that's great. Just, I'm sure you feel this all the time, uh, but just the, the overwhelmed task at hand is so incredible. It, it really is. We were talking, some colleagues and I were talking recently, and there's a quote that we actually have on our website. It's okay. one of our favorite quotes, and it's from Nelson Mandela that says, there's no keener revelation of a society's soul than in the way it treats its children. Mm. And we have not done a good job as society here in LA, in LA and Southern California. We have not good, done a good job in doing the best for our children yeah. and, and especially our most vulnerable children. Sure. So it's a constant, it's, it's a work in progress, a constant battle. Yeah. Well, uh, more to talk about, but thank you so much for sharing everything so far uh, and all the work that you, you and all your team are doing. So thank you for that. But uh, so maybe coming up to the last uh, two years, obviously <laughs> something big happened about a year and a half ago and this whole coronavirus thing happened. Uh, and so I would imagine just like you got, just like us, a lot of people's worlds kind of got flipped upside down and priorities needed to shift and practices needed to change and, and all of that. Um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about, we'll say whatever timestamp you want, whether it's two years, uh, a year and a half of the pandemic and anything like that. I'd love for you to, to just give us a little bit of what 3FN has been up to. Um, you could be, you could do big picture, uh, even if you have a couple of specific stories of just how yep. you've seen um, the, the work that God is doing uh, through you guys. I'd love to hear it all. Okay. So that, that's a, that's a great question because um, we became an official operating organization in March of 2019. So we were just getting going Mm -hmm. uh, when a year later, um, COVID hits. And so uh, what was interesting about, well, it's a whole lot of things bad and interesting about that. But one of the interesting things about it is, is that 
Um, for us, especially being a new organization starting out, we found that a lot of sources that we thought were going that we would tap into um, for financial support went away, mm. especially uh, grant makers. And, and not that they went away, but they made the decision to, and I'm not mad at them, but they made the decision to focus on their existing um, uh, clients, their exist, existing grantees, and they were not open to new organizations like ours. Sure. Some foundations that we that normally would have been were not open to us because of COVID. This is why it is so important that the faith community came together. And that is one of the reasons why it's so important that Anthem stepped up without hesitation. I can't, I mean, without hesitation, mm-hmm. Matt and Kristen and, and the whole team stepped up and were right there. Yeah, Can't tell you what that meant and what that still means because yeah. uh, we're part, have partnered for two years. Um, we're a faith-based organization and we're unapologetic about that. And so we don't appeal to everybody. Sure. Um, but this is where it's, it's been important that folks, that folks like you and Anthem Church congregation have really made a difference because we, we did have to shift. A lot of what we were doing, our recruitment, trying to recruit for foster parents, um, and, and many of the seminars that we were doing, educational seminars for foster parents and foster youth and the community in general, a lot of that got stalled and we had to pivot to doing emergency services such as food distributions. We served um, over 1,500 families uh, in about a five-month period back in 2020. Um, And we had to scramble and and use a lot and some of the support that we got from Anthem to, you know, really... uh, uh, bu- buffer that up and, and strengthen that diapers. I mean, you know, families couldn't go out, you know, they might, they might have been, you know, um, um, strapped in the beginning, you know, the school changed, yep, yep. you know, it was a mess. So families couldn't get out to do a lot of the things that they were, you know, normally would do in the course of their day. So we had to provide those services. We provided food, we provided, um, um, what was I going to say? We, we provided diapers, uh, wipes, all kinds of things that were sustaining um, to these families. And then we had to switch to a virtual platform for all of our education yeah. um, and awareness raising uh, activities. And so um, that required beefing up, you know, investing a little bit of money and investing and in beefing up our technology, which, yep. of course, we had not necessarily planned to do at that yep. particular point in time. Um, and so it, it was quite um, quite a shift. Uh, but, you know, as with always, there's always a bright light in some of the dimmest hours. Mm-hmm. And so it brought the faith community um, together closer. Um, it allowed for opportunities and, and different ways for us to serve and more creative ways yep. and ways in which we will never now get away from. Mm-hmm. We will always uh, utilize some of the new techniques that we uh, use, like 
doing things, most of our things virtual. Right. Um, so we, we've, and, and it's been an opportunity for new adventures. We started a mentorship program where we as three of N are recruiting mentors from our faith communities to mentor, uh, foster youth and transition age youth. Um, we have gotten into a, a partnership where we will be offering a fatherhood training and classes, wow. effective black parenting classes, um, and our visit visitation sites. So at our churches and our three FN locations, we have opened those up for visitation sites where families that are trying to reunite that have gotten their kids taken away okay. are able to, uh, have sessions where they reunite and try to rebond with their children. Yeah. And that's very important sure. to have those locations in the community. And we, and we could not have done that without uh, creative support. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole pandemic, obviously there was so much tragedy that's come out of the last year and a yeah. half. Uh, but the silver lining on it is there has been so much innovation that has had to happen. So many different creative uh, solutions to problems that we never knew were going to be problems or anything like that. I learned more about how to do a live stream video than I ever <laughs> cared to imagine that I was going to have to learn a year and a half ago. But um, yeah, I, I can remember back when we, we started to dip our toes into uh, the foster care world six or so years ago here at Anthem. And it was always surprising to me how big of a focus there was on reunification. I, I guess when I, when I grew up, the, the common understanding, at least my common understanding of the foster care system was, uh, I'm just going to use really rough language from a bad family. We'll put you in a temporary family until we can get you in a good family. Uh, and obviously that is incredibly oversimplistic and, uh, and not nuanced in the not slightest. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was interesting to me to hear how, how, uh, eager, all the people who really knew what they were doing, um, they were to, to reunify families. And, and that's something that I've grown to appreciate so much. And so hearing, um, that you guys have pivoted towards, uh, creating spaces for visitations and even, uh, enforcing that, that, that ideal of reunification of families is so sweet. So thank you for, for doing that. That's amazing. Yes. No problem. Uh, yeah, it's so fostering just just for your audience yeah. also too is fostering is really a temporary notion it is it is not to be forever as yep. you as you articulated fostering is a temporary um notion uh until a either and this is primary that they can be returned to their family because, you know, families go through things, things yep. happen, yep. you know, poverty plays a key. I mean, you know, it's all the social ills can play a key. Sure. Um, and so our job is not to continue to permanently rip a family apart, but to, if there is ways, if it, if it is a clear path that a child can reunite with their biological family, that is the number one thing that sure. people do. And then if not, then a beautiful permanent forever home, uh, is the next best thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are, we're getting close to the time where I, maybe we could do a whole series on the foster care, uh, system in, in LA, sorry, the child welfare system. 
uh, in LA and uh, Ventura County. I mean, there's foster care needs all across the country, all across the world. Um, and so there's, there's plenty of things yep. to be, to be talked about, but for this time uh, specifically, just wanted to, to re catch up with you uh, hear about how things are going. And so thank you for sharing all of that. Do you mind if I pray for you before we go? Please. Okay. <laughs> Please. Okay. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for Nancy. And, uh, and even thank you for the fact that she said yes to taking on this, this initiative. Um, Lord, thank you for the innovation that has happened in the last year and a half with them. And, and ultimately thank you that you are able to touch all of these families, uh, in the spa six area. Um, and, and God, I ask that you would continue to reunify families, that you would bring wholeness where there's brokenness. Um, and God, we, we want to see your name be lifted up in, in that area, in our area, in every area yes. in between. And so God, I, I thank you one more time for, for Nancy, I ask that you would bless her and, uh, yes. and the rest of her week, the rest of her month, the rest of her year. Uh, ask that you would continue to Thank to you. connect her with the people uh, who have funds that could be able to uh, partner with her to see more work of this happening in the future. So Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan, for this time. And thank you again to the Anthem family for your support. It has been invaluable. And um, we will continue to work hard and Please continue to be in prayer for us as well as be in partnership uh, around this foster care child welfare issue. Absolutely. If people wanted to find out more, or they wanted to help or anything like that, what's the best way for them to, to find out more about you guys? So um, you can go to our website. Uh, we're in the process of updating and revamping. Okay. Uh, but you can go to our website at Faith Foster familiesplural.org. You can also email us at info at faithfosterfamilies.org. Uh, and of course, following us on Instagram and uh, Facebook is uh, also key to at Faith Foster Families. Cool. That's great. All right. Well, I think that that wraps it up for, for this time. Nancy, thank you again for, for being here and, and for doing all the work that you're doing. Uh, for everybody listening, we will be back next week. We hope you have a great week and we will talk to you later. 